Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glorious Jesus, we thank you for this time that we have together. And Lord, I pray that our praises were lifted and received. Lord, our hope is that those in this room and those who may be watching or listening, when we praise you from our hearts, Lord, we praise you for who you are. We praise you because you are God. We praise you, Jesus, because your mercy is great. We praise you, Jesus, because you paid a price that we could never pay. We praise you, Jesus, because you're kind. We praise you, Jesus, because you're merciful. We praise you, Jesus, because you are all forgiving. But we also praise you, Jesus, because you are just, because you are righteous. All authority belongs to you. You are our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we humble ourselves before you this morning, Lord, and ask you to forgive us for our shortcomings and our trespasses. Ask you, Lord, that even though we don't deserve it, even though, Lord, that you're, you're, you clothed yourself in unapproachable light, but yet here we are, Lord, hoping to be in your presence. So, Lord, fill this place. Fill this place. Teach us, lead us, guide us. And Lord, please, receive our sincere gratitude, our, our sincere blessing to you for all that you've done. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. See, so I came up with this, and not just because, like, I don't have a bum leg or anything, you know, but I just think I'm going to pastor this morning. It's going to be, I, I, if the Lord allows, I mean, the message is going to be basic, but true. Basic, but we need to be shepherd. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. So as I'm preaching, don't make me grab this stiff. I'm just saying. Amen. So, my brothers and sisters, we were in, uh, Timothy, we've been in, in so many places, but I think... Everything needs to be brought together. I think that if we're following, if we're, if we're hearing the message from God, my hope is that it's leading us all into this position where we're more suited according to His purpose, but specifically for, for being His people in such a time as this. Amen? Hallelujah. So I'm going to continue, I think, and uh, build on what the Lord blessed us with so far. So we're going to begin in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. My brothers and sisters, we went through this last week and we talked about each of them, but I think today the Lord is going to speak to our hearts more about the sound mind part. And one of the scriptures concerning that last week that we ended up in, I believe it was in Philippians chapter 2 beginning in verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not compare it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. My brothers and sisters, I mean, obviously we went over that last week, but just again, this speaks volumes to not... 
you know, we're, we're, we're little miniature Jesuses and, and, and all this other stuff as like the word of faith would like to tell you. Yeah, let this, you have the power of Christ in you. You are, you are. No, this is speaking to being humble. Christ was fully God, but he humbled himself. To, and then he remained obedient to the cause. He ma- remained obedient to the task. He remained obedient to what he was called to do. Amen? In the, he remained obedient. He remained obedient even though it was so barbaric. It was so ridiculous, the, the, the persecution and the prosecution that he suffered. But he remained obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. So when it's saying to us, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, that's what it's speaking to. Not that we're, you know, we've got the Spirit of God dwelling, dwelling in us now. It's no. Be humble and be re- ready to be obedient and it's probably going to cost you. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Amen. See, and that's not very popular in this day and age and that's not really uh, what a lot of folks want to hear or actually want to live out. So I want to say it this way. Many people are okay and will say yes and amen when they hear that. But when it comes time for the rubber to meet the road, mm, not so much. Are, are you hearing me? Amen. Right? Okay, so look. Listen. I'm not trying to cast any aspersions on anyone. This is reality. Reality is that. What? That, you know, it's really easy to say or you want to say yes and amen when let this mind in Christ also be in you and that means you have to be prepared and willing to suffer. And that's all well and good until the suffering comes. Amen? Okay, and so my brothers and sisters, let, let that... Kind of late because remember we've been giving we we've been given power love and this sound mind he's equipped us to do it amen okay so look and, and we know because we've been studying Corinthians uh, together in First Corinthians it says for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ this attitude toward being humble this attitude toward obeying what the word of the Lord is, what the will of God is, this attitude, be willing to give up our own lives in order to remain obedient. That's what this is talking about. Amen? Amen. Okay, I'm glad we all agree. So now let's go back to Timothy. We'll go back. Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Look at what it says in verse 8 with me. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Let me pause there for a minute. Because when I'm reading this and I'm studying this this morning, I've got to be honest with you. And though those of you in my family, let me apologize right up front. I, I, you know, sometimes I wonder if my own family is ashamed of me. Not so much in a shame, like, not as harsh as that, but maybe a little embarrassed of me sometimes. Because of the things that I say and some of the things that I do. Right? Uh, I, I, I'm not, I, I know my, my children, my grandchildren, I know they all love me and stuff. But I, I wonder sometimes how much they really believe that like what I say is true. Do you understand? Because sometimes, and I've told each of my kids, so, you know, I'm, again, my children forgive me, but I've told each of my kids, if sometimes it might be better for you to hear it from somebody else. You may have to go to another church so that you're not hearing it from dad or grand, grandpa but you're hearing it from a stranger who maybe you, well, they don't know me or they're not trying to preach at me or they're not trying, or maybe you know some of my faults and some of my failures and so maybe that maybe makes you uh, want to believe me less or whatever the case may be. 
And how about in your own life? I've just kind of opened myself up, but how about in your own life? How about in the process of you teaching your kids and raising your family up? You know, are there things that, you know, maybe, um, let's look at it both ends of the scale. What do I mean by that? Let's look at it, are you a total Pharisee? You know, throwing the the scripture at your children, hitting them over the head with the Bible. Are are you a total Pharisee? Uh, You know, you can't watch TV at all or you can't, whatever the case may be. And if that's your conviction, so be it. But what I'm saying to you is, are you, or are you on the other end? That is, we're going to read the Bible and we're going to, you know, trust the scriptures, but we're basically going to live life anyway. Live Live it the way, kind of half in, half out. And so either way would you or um, some other folks in your immediate atmosphere, would they consider that to be praiseworthy? Would they consider that to be, you know, in, uh, uh, would they consider you a person of integrity? That kind of thing. You know, are you with me? Am I, I, I kind of, I don't know if I said that quite right. Help me, help me here, Holy Spirit. Do, do you understand where I am? Am, am, I, am, I, am I making those people around me the closest people to me? Am I making them? How about some of you? Are you ashamed to invite people to church because you're afraid of what I might say? Or my, is my ability to communicate not good enough so that you're afraid to bring? Listen, I, I, I appreciate some of you who are shaking your heads. I appreciate that. I really do. And, and so what I'm going to say here, uh, listen, we, I'm not the evangelist. You are. You're supposed to be winning them and bringing them here. Right? So that's not a message, okay, we need to fill the church up. No. But in your atmosphere, those people that you're with every day or in, you know, in your day-to-day, when you go uh, tither and yon, do you actually carry Christ into that arena? And if so, are you doing it effective enough so that, my brothers and sisters, that, you know, People are actually inquisitive. People want to know what you know or they want to know who you know. Right? So now, look, look, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. But share with me in the sufferings. So now, when when the Apostle Paul is saying this, let me give you context, because those things that I've just said to you, that's a a real-life, a now application that that I felt led to bring you. Now, in full context, what the the Apostle Paul is, you know, be ashamed of him. Why? Because all of the persecution that he suffered, all of the arrests, all of the things that he was accused of, all of the things that, the many times that he was arrested, the times that he was um, um, physically prosecuted. (laughs) Come on, are, are you with me? Beaten, stoned, left for dead, all of hit with rods, all of these things that he suffered. And now those people, oh, he's, he's, you know, he's not that powerful. He's a criminal, blah, blah, blah. He says, okay, let me read back because I don't want to, I really want to make sure that we're getting this word for word. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Don't be ashamed of me because I'm suffering this persecution. Don't be ashamed of me because I'm in jail all the time. Don't be, but listen, but share with me in these sufferings. Share with me in these sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. What does that mean? Not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. See, he's called us to holiness. He's called us with this call to 
be separate, to be like Him, to be with Him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But listen, it wasn't because we did something. That's what it's saying. It's not because we earned that. It's not because, hey, we did something and God noticed us. No, it doesn't. that's not what it says at all. But Because look what he follows up with. According to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus, even before time began. Did, did you, do you see that? Hallelujah. So, but, but share with me in sufferings. My brothers and sisters, we have, and you know, many of you in this room know, we have other brothers and sisters in the Lord who are suffering greatly for the cause of Christ. You know, literally suffering, literally physically suffering, suffering physical abuse, um, you know, being totally marginalized, totally cast outs in their societies, in their own families. We have people like that. All, but see now, when, when I say this, I, the first thing that, that, that the Lord has ministered to my heart is we in the time and in the culture that we're living in, we think, we, we confuse suffering and inconvenience. Don't we? The cars broke down. Uh, man, I'm going to tell you, when I was a baby Christian, I laid my hands on a, that's a I thought, I, I related it totally spiritually. Man, the devil's after me. This darn car is you know, leaving me. I can't get to work. I laid hands on my car. I couldn't afford to fix it. Come on. Because now it's inconvenient. I may have to bum a ride from somebody. It's not convenient. So we're willing to, um, what are we willing to do for convenience? Right? Because we're, 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 we're equating inconvenience with suffering, so what are we willing to, to, to really codify or, or you know, be, make our lives as convenient and comfortable as we possibly can? Come on. Come on. Let me, let me ask, now look, this is going to sound trite, but, but just bear with me. Many in this room uh, have been living here for a while, and you know that when the hurricanes come and all that, we lose power and all that, and, and there have been times where we've lost power for quite a while. Amen? It's hot. Man, how did people do it before when there was no air conditioning at all? See, but we've come so accustomed to it. If someone came to your house and they, and they, you know, I've known people who have spent tons of money on generators just because they don't want to be without. Now, I'm not criticizing them for that. But what I'm saying to you is, look at the price some people will pay for convenience, for comfort. Come on. I, I, listen, I hear my heart. I'm not being critical. I have a little generator at my house. I didn't, man, I would like to buy one of them Generacs. I'm just telling you, I'm not, they're not getting paid for this advertisement. I'd love to have one of those. But I'm not going to go ahead and spend that money and do that. Not, not, no. Now, I'm not criticizing you if you do, but the point being, my brothers and my sisters, look at what we're willing to do for comfort or convenience. So now when Paul says to us, you know, share with him in his sufferings and look at the sufferings that he went through, how many of us are actually willing to do that? When we're looking at the... How about this? Just the convenience of being accepted in our peer groups. What do we 
compromise because we want to be comfortable around certain people. Come on. What, what, what do we do? What do we compromise? Uh, you know what? Uh, not too long ago when that thing came out about Target and all that, I mean, I've heard a lot of jibber-jabber and all that. And I, you know, I don't care what you believe. I'm not, I'm not here to, to promote or demote anything. If your point of view is, well, uh, you know, I'm going to stop shopping at Target, praise the Lord. I, I won't, they won't get my money. Disney won't get my money. They're not going to get it. Well, big deal, Tony. They don't even know you exist. I know, but I do. Okay? And so I do have control over where I'm going to spend my money. Now, some people say that might be an extreme. You may want to shop at Target. That's fine. And I'm not saying, oh, you're going to burn in hell if you go to Disney. You're going to burn in hell if you... That's no. That's between you and God. But I certainly am not going to give someone money who's promoting a Satanist. I'm not going to do that. I just not. But now listen. Here's the thing. That was blatant. But, but I want to tell you something, my brothers and sisters. What Jesus said is what's not for him is against him. So now, you know, we got to be really looking because there are some lines out there that we have to cross. Come on. So who am I to say what that line is and where that line is for you? That's not, I'm not going to say that. You make that decision between you and your God. You and our God, Jesus. Amen? Amen. However, my brothers and sisters, what I want to say is if we're willing to do, make some things and use that just as an illustration, some areas where we're willing to compromise for convenience. Well, if I didn't go to Target, then I got to drive, you know, 10 miles more to get to the... So drive the 10 miles if you're convicted. Come on. Come on. Well, you know, if I, uh, if, I, if I go with this group of people, I know that there's going to be this going on and that going on, but I have to do that because if I don't do that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting away some of my income or blah, 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 or my status, my stature dies, or I'm not... Listen, when we expose ourselves to those things, what things? Whatever... Whatever that atmosphere is charged with, if we continue to do that, knowing, my brothers and sisters, that we're the ones that are making the compromise, listen, we're not changing them, they're changing us. Amen. When you go ahead and you have your eyes open and your ears open, and you're going there and you're not ministering, and they don't want to hear what you're saying, and you're not there for any other reason because either you have to make money, you're popular, you have to have their status changed, or it's got a, it's a work thing. It's a, get a different job. Oh, man, some of you looking at me. I'm, I'm serious. Because I believe that this is serious. So look, if we're not willing to put up with inconveniences, if we're willing to compromise on the job to keep the job, or if we're willing to compromise in relationship to keep the relationship, man, that is not suffering at all. You know, some of us, uh, I've heard people cry and moan about some of the things that they have to suffer in life. I mean, you know, uh, the pool is a problem. Oh, uh, really? I'm so sorry that you got to spend money on the pool that you built or put. I mean, the devil's, after, the devil's not after you. That's life, man. Yeah, the devil, no, mm, I'm being, oh man, this is just, man, it's just too much. All of this suffering, all of this. You're not suffering for Christ's sake. You're suffering in your own flesh because you're lacking a convenience. Something's not going your way. It's not going well. 
So-and-so didn't smile at me. Such-and-such such didn't laugh with me. So-and-so, come on, didn't pay attention to me. Me, 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 me. I sent somebody a text or I replied. I, went, I sent out a post. What do you call them? I, whatever. I don't even know this stuff. But who cares? I posted and no one really, uh, I didn't get any likes and blah, blah, blah. What's going on? Are you kidding? And then we equate that with suffering. Really? Let's look at what Paul is talking Not even Jesus. Look at Paul. Not even Paul. Look at some of the, the folks, the martyrs that we know of. That's suffering. <laughs> I see so many compromises in this church, in churches all around the globe by people who say that they're born again. And, and listen, uh, again... I am not in any way trying to say, you need to do that. You, you, if you don't do that, you listen, I'm telling you, if you continue to compromise for convenience, continue to compromise for comfort, my brothers and sisters, man, sin is waiting at the door. Sin is waiting. Remember what God told him. Who? Who did he tell that to? Cain. Sin is waiting. He gave, he gave him an opportunity. I just heard this again from Pastor Loran when he, in one of his messages. He was given an opportunity. You're, you have an opportunity. That's what these messages are. That's what the Word of God is all about. To, to, to correct us. But my brothers and sisters... Really, I want all of us to walk in the power and strength. I want us to come together in this congregation and for the praise to be lifted up to the Lord that we don't even have to preach, that during the praise and the worship, we're so in into, with praising into Him. I apologize. We're so into praising Him with, with our whole hearts that the Word doesn't even have to be preached, that people are touched during the song service. It's happened before. Why? Because you have a group of people who are gathered in the name of Jesus. Not just naming the name, but living the life. Those people who are gathered in the name of Jesus. Those people who love Jesus. Those people who, are in, who really mean it with a sincere heart. We worship you. We adore you. And lifting up a praise. And in that moment, God inhabits the praises of His people. And when the presence of God is, is, is here, things change. See, and we can't get there if our lives are full, filled with compromise, if our, or if our lives are in that place where, you know, yeah, I want to serve God, yeah, I want to do the right thing, yeah, but how many of you, well, I'm not going to do that. Listen, I know that there are people in this room who at different parts of their, different times in their life have had to make a stand, and it costs you something. That's part of suffering for him. When you make a stand, then it costs you something. Not that if you don't, you're going to lose something. If I don't, make, come on, I don't make this stand, I compromise a little bit, and I can keep my convenience. I can keep my comfort. Am I beating a dead horse here? That's, that's where we are. I really believe that, especially in this society. And you know, you know how I know how bad it really is? is because we're living now in a culture where so many people would be li literally willing to give up their freedom for convenience. 
Literally. Literally. Amazon and Google knows everything about you. And they've got it all stored. Oh, big deal, Tony. I don't have nothing to hide. Great. Good for you. Hallelujah. That's all well and good. But my brothers and sisters, it's not about that anymore. What happens if you are in a position, like me, what happens if you are in a position and people hear you and then they start knocking you down and now it's not enough for them to do that. Now with AI, they can make me say things I never said. Come on. Well, that'll never happen to me. How do you know? But see, my brothers and sisters, we're doing all of that because it's convenient. Darn right it is. It's nice to get online, punch something, pay a price, have it delivered to your door. Absolutely. Isn't that convenient? Not like the old days when you had to have, actually had to drive down there, put it in your bed. Man, oh man, load it in the truck, bring it to the house, unload. Come on. That's archaic. But, but, but do you understand what, what the Lord is saying to us? What are we willing to do? Listen, if we're not even willing to give up comfort, right? If, we're not even, if, we, want to be, if we want to be convenient, we're all about convenience and comfort, are we going to be ready when the time comes? Are we going to be ready? If, if listen, I, I see it in the way... Every, I, I see it in the way people dress, my own family. I see, I see all of it. I see the... We're so willing to go ahead and, and dress like they dress. Talk like they talk. We're so willing to do all of those things to fit in. Uh, or is it just natural to us? If it's natural to you, to, to your, then you need to, get a, you need to become born again. Amen. If it doesn't bother you that you look like them, you talk like them, you act like them, then you need to be born again. All right, my brothers and sisters, I'm not. I'm not trying to make anybody mad. I'm not trying to. I. I, I want you. I've. I've had. I once. Uh, someone said that they don't come to this church because they want to leave feeling good. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. Right? And see, isn't that? That's. A, that's. 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 That is. That typifies everything I'm talking about right now, because it's all about how we feel. Right? How do I feel in the moment? How do I feel right now? What's going to make me feel better? And, you know, Pastor Tony says these things and then I leave feeling bad. You know what? That's a good thing because God is speaking to you. That means you still have some conscience left. That means, listen, there's still maybe some Holy Spirit operating in you. And if you keep, listen, if you keep ignoring that, your heart is growing harder and more calloused. And you're not going to hear anymore. My brothers and sisters, that's what this is about. And see, the bottom line is, my brothers and sisters, that's why we can have churches filled with people who are enthusiastic about praising and singing and worshiping, but they're powerless. Why? Because they'll praise and sing and worship, but it's not from the heart. There's no, they're, they're, they're still about convenience. Because when you go to that church and it's still about praising and singing and worshiping, and it's according to how I feel about it. Well, this is great. Isn't this awesome? Oh, as opposed to come to a small church like this or any small church where we have just a few people singing, no instruments and all this other stuff. Yeah, well, that's not as good. That doesn't make me, that make me feel good. It's not grandiose. It's not, really? Really? 
Because here's what I know. One person crying out to God from their heart can change everything. How do I know that? It happened. It happened. One person with a sincere heart grabbing a hold. We just studied about Jacob. One person willing to grab a hold of God and not let go despite everything. I'm grabbing a hold and I'm not letting go. Can change everything. Right? Everything. Hallelujah. So, what, what, about, what about this? I mean, <clears throat> I suppose there was a... T- I'm, I could be just as guilty of, of, of this as anybody, I guess. I mean, what choices, what movies are we watching? What television shows? What music? What, what are we doing? What are we allowing to be, you know, for our eyes to, to, to open up to, to see, and our ears to hear, and all this? What are we, what are we watching? What are we listening to? See, this is like, uh, I'm like an old-timey preacher now, aren't I? Right? Come on. I'm like the old-timey. Listen, my brothers and sisters, we have to be cautious and careful. Why? Why? Because that's how the enemy works. Subtle in what he's presenting. Subtle in getting you to compromise what you know is the Word of God. And again, a lot of it has to do with the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, all of it, but convenience, comfort. Hallelujah. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19 with me. In Acts 3, remember, this is, this is the apostle when he, the Peter, you know, he, they healed and, and they, they did miracles in God's name and then they say, what do we need to do? Repent therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So, so let me ask you something. Notice what, what is the result of repentance and converting? What does it say in that scripture? Forgiveness. That's right. Your, your, your sins will be blotted out and then after your sins are blotted out, then what's the result? Refreshing refreshing comes from the Lord. So now when I see that word refreshing, man, you know what? It's been so hot. And yesterday we had the, the we were blessed. We had the grandbabies, Michelle and I, and we had to take, well, we got to do something with them. So we take them to Rural King and we're going to look at the baby chickens. <laughs> One problem. I had to walk from the air-conditioned car into the Rural King. Man, it was hot. I couldn't wait to get into that rural king. Let me say to all of you guys that think it's hot and you're so intimidated by global warming, if you think this is hot, you better get a hold of God. You better get a hold of God. My brothers and sisters, not to make light of that, but, my, my, but it was like, as soon as I walked in that door, I mean, I said, wow, this feels good. Right? Now, I'm saying that to you in terms of this refreshing, what I think about. So it might be what you think about, maybe not. Maybe you know, you're just parched. You're, you've, you've done all the yard work that you could possibly do Saturday. And, you, you know, and then it's, you know, you, 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 man, I can't do no more. Finally, at the end, I still didn't finish up all of, the, all of the detail work, but I got the bulk of it done, trimmed some stuff, and now it's hot. I mean, the water's been pouring off of me all day. I just want to stop and go take a shower and grab a cold drink. Ah, see, my brothers and sisters, that's the comfort that the Lord provides. 
It's that, listen, I, I don't even know if that even is in the same arena, but in terms of being able to talk to you, in, in terms of being able to communicate something to you, I mean, that's the best that I could come up, up with in this moment. In this moment where you're hot, you're parched, you can't, and then you walk in from the outside and you, even the babies, friendly, now the sun is too bright. I mean, even the babies. And the sweat is pouring. And then you go in and it's, But look what the first part is. Look what it's depending on. What is it? Repent. And be converted. Repent and be converted. Those are two different words. So repent. That speaks definitely to the fact that you've changed your mind. There's, there's been something presented to you and now you have a change of mind. Converted. What is that? You've literally turned around. You're, going, you're doing something different. You've been turned around. You've been turned. So my brothers and sisters... This is not, because many people was, will, will feel repentance. They'll, they'll, feel the, they'll have a conscience issue. And they may go to the altar, or they may go to the prayer call, or whatever. But there has to be this conversion, this total turning, this total twisting that has to take place. See, it's good. We can go to the, we can come to the altar, although we don't do that in this church, I don't know why. But we can come to the altar and we can take it to the feet of Jesus. I felt this burden, and I left it at the altar, and that's all great. I've got my conscience cleared, and now I go out there, and I feel good. I feel kind of refreshed. But now, if that, doesn't, if that really didn't happen, if that, in other words, if I really, that conversion has to take place, that twisting, that turning, it has to take place in order for what I did down there to take effect in my life out there. Amen. Are you with me? Who didn't know that? Nobody raised their hand. Good. Everybody knew that. But that's what part of the problem is in the church. You know, we're full of repentance. We know what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. And when we miss the mark, we go down there and repent, Lord, I want, I want. But we have to be fully converted to the extent that now we're, we're totally twisted in our body. That, that mind thing that we have, that, that whole thing has to be now turned. It changes everything. It changes our attitude. Not just in a moment, but we're totally twisted and changed past that moment. I, did I say that better? Are you with me? I'm not just in that moment feeling sorrow. I'm not just in that moment i got to get clean. In that moment, ooh, Pastor Tony said something and I'm afraid of hell and I don't want to... He said something about if you think it's hot now, wait. You better... No, no. It's not about in that moment feeling that burden, feeling that knowing that you made a mistake or knowing that you've gone a wrong way or knowing and then just simply going to the altar or in the altar of your mind and your heart or in your own closet and saying, Lord, please forgive me. No, something has to change. That's having the mind of Christ. There's an attitude change. Everything changes. It's not just in the moment. It's my whole, listen, this thing is wrong now. It'll be wrong tomorrow. It'll be wrong three days from now. I'm totally changed. I'm totally convinced of this. Or am I ministering to anybody right now besides me? Hallelujah. Because so, sometimes when we're in that moment, we feel it so acutely, and we're so ready to go ahead and give it to God, but then we go out there, and after a little while, we might suffer a little inconvenience. Somebody might think that I'm a fanatic. 
Somebody might think that, well, maybe I don't want to hang around with him. He just talks about Jesus too much. Or his life is changed. There's something wrong. Tony won't. Terry won't. Luke won't. Come on, are you with me? Because there's been a conversion. Something has totally turned. Not just in the moment, but totally turned. I'm afraid that I'm speaking to some people here or out there that they, they have had an experience with the Lord, but they've, they've denied this total conversion, this conversion that needs to take place. Remember, um, my brothers and sisters, this is in Luke, and I'm going to read it to you. Just look it up later, and you'll remember once I start reading. Remember, the apostles were having a debate that night that Jesus was actually arrested. They were having a debate about who's the greatest, who will be the greatest in the kingdom. Y'all, Luke is laughing. He knows what I'm talking about. In Luke 22, beginning in verse 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. That word returned, in the King James, it says... When you have, uh, that's the same word, it says, <clears throat> excuse me, converted. It's the same word. It's translated from the same Greek word. Do you understand that? Let me read it. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned or when you have converted, what? The night, I, I just, I'm thinking about this. Okay, when you have converted, the night that Jesus died, and remember Peter, he was all about, hey, I'm not, no, everybody else can deny you, but I'm, I'm ready to die with you. And he denied him three times, right? And he, he wept bitterly. Was he remorseful? Yeah. Yeah. Was he fully following the Lord right after that? No. He was still hiding out. There was still some work that had to be done. There was still this, Total twist. And Peter was a, a mighty man of God. Peter demonstrated faith. Remember, Peter was the one when, when Jesus said, you know, who do the people say that I am? Well, they were speaking up. Well, some say, you know, Elijah. Some, 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 blah, blah, blah. Well, I, well, who do you say that I am? Peter was the only one had had revelation from God that spoke up and said, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know this. This is the same Peter. He was saying that before this ever happened. That was the Peter. That was the Peter that said, Lord, if that's you, let me come and walk to you when the Lord is walking across the water. This is that same Peter. So we could go ahead and criticize Peter and be critical of him. But my brothers and sisters, when it came to crunch time and it would have been inconvenient for him to go ahead and say, yes, I knew him. Yes, I was with him. Yes, I believe he's the son of God. I never even knew him. My brothers and sisters, that was in the heat of the moment. What are you doing in the heat of the moment? What compromise are we making? What, what discomfort are we not ready to in, uh, entangle with because of Christ? Come on. Yes. Hallelujah. What, what is it that is making us feel so if we don't do this, we're not going to feel just right. Our life won't be just right. What, what compromise are we making? What are we not willing to suffer for Christ? But this was the same Peter who walked with him all of those, all of those years, who, who had those those, those mighty moments, right? Peter, Satan asked to sift you, that asked for you that he might sift you as wheat. But I pray for you that your faith won't fail. 
And when you've converted, help your brothers. Right? So Jesus, is already, he already knows this is what's going to happen. And listen, why of all, and I think that the, the enemy, he knew, the enemy had to know that Peter, there was something about Peter. There was something about Peter and the, and the, and the enemy wanted to sift him as wheat. My brothers and sisters, let me say something to you. My young brothers and my young sisters, my young brothers, my young brothers, God knows what he has planned for you. And my brothers and sisters, my young brothers especially, now let me speak to the young sisters too because we're not, uh, I don't know, that traditional. God has a call on lives of women. And God has used mighty women all throughout biblical history. But he's going to use our young people. But our young people right now are being lied to so much and so readily and it's just so convincing. But I'm telling you, young people, you have to be in a position right now and know that it's going to be tough. You're going to have friends that won't want to hang out with you. You're going to have relationships that you're not going to be able to partake of because that woman, that young lady, and young women, there's going to be young men that you shouldn't be yoked up with because God has a call on your life. And part of these things that you're going to suffer, some of these inconveniences are preparing you for what He's called you to. If you're constantly, if you're constantly given in and making your try, doing everything you can do to make your life more convenient and more comfortable, if you're always trying to fit in with the rest of the people at school, at college, at work, or whatever, if you're constantly doing that because you don't want to suffer any kind of discomfort whatsoever, you're prolonging the process. You're, God, God is trying to prepare you for the use that He has ordained for you from, the begin, from before time began. He knew you. And he had a plan for you. So now let's look at some of us old fogies. You had a vision. Or there were some times in your life when you were on the mountaintop and you just knew that you were supposed to do this or that God had a call on your life or God specifically called you to a certain task. It hasn't come to its fruition. Well, what compromises have you made? Let's, let's look at that. What compromises have you made? What partnerships have you interlocked with? Who have you partnered with? Come on. I know this isn't the kind of message that you know, makes you want to jump up and down and hoot and holler. But this, my brothers and sisters, is the kind of message that we all, we all, me included, need to hear and we need to understand. If we want the power of God working in our lives, we need to go ahead and listen to this kind of message and be willing to, my brothers and sisters, be inconvenienced and discomforted in some... That's my job. I'm here to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. What did God call you to? What purpose? What, what can you remember? Does anybody in here have you ever had that experience when you were praying and you and you were filled with the Holy Ghost and and you know it was it was one of those seasons that you were going through maybe and you just knew that God was calling you to do a certain thing? What happened to it? The gifts and the call of God are without repentance. 
That's what the Bible says. That means he's not, he, ha he hasn't changed. Right? So my brothers and sisters, we need to get to that place. We need to get to that place. All of us. Because I'm, I'm depending on you. You're part, we're all part of the same body. So if God has called you to do something and if he's gifted you and that gift is in hibernation someplace because you're still living in convenience and in comfort, man, we need to get that going. Why? Because that might be the very thing that this body, this smaller body, this piece of his body needs. Come on. That might be what this leadership needs in order to take the next step. Maybe when you start stepping out, maybe when you start doing those things that God has called you to do, then other people will be uh, break loose. And then the next thing you know, we have a revival in the hearts and in the middle of this thing. And the power of God is moving among all of His people. Hallelujah! It can start with just one person. So let's go now to Ephesians chapter 4. Here's the major reason. In Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 21. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. There's the thing. I just alluded to a moment ago when I was talking about our young people that are being led to believe these lies and these things. That, that you, there's, golly, there's no absolutes and you know, truth is uh, subjective and blah, 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 blah. No, there's one truth. The truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. See, we actually, my brothers and sisters, whether and this is of all age groups, all age groups, we actually settle for the lie because it's convenient. The truth is in, in, you know, the truth hurts. We all have heard that. And whenever you, oh, the truth hurts, so now the truth sets me free. Yeah. See, the truth may hurt. Well, come on now. The truth may hurt because you got your toes stepped on or you just got a rebuke from God. Hey, the truth may hurt. But thank God for that momentary rebuke, that momentary hook, that momentary little tap by the pastor's staff. And I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about our, our true pastor, the good shepherd, Jesus. Thank God for that. Thank God that you're still feeling that, that little prick in your heart. Come on. Thank God. That's His Spirit. And you're not immune to it yet. But we settle for the lie because we want convenience and we want comfort. So we start listening to some lies and before you know it, my brothers and sisters, we're totally polluted. That robs all of the power. Whatever power you thought you had, whatever power, whatever blessing that God had on you, whatever calling, whatever anointing, man, it's lost because of all of the corruption. God didn't yank it from you because you're not performing as I've dictated so therefore you're no longer worthy. No, no. You made yourself disqualified. You corrupted yourself. All of that stuff now is, is buried. All of the, the blessing and the anointing and all that. Yeah, but God's more powerful. Yeah, God is more powerful, but He won't override your will. He could if He wanted to, but that wouldn't be love. That would not be love. If God made you do what He wanted you to do, then how could He say He loves you? Come on. 
is this tracking with anybody? Am I all over? The, I feel like I'm, I'm losing you or something. My brothers and sisters, we will actually settle for the lie for convenience or discomfort. And my young people, please hear my voice, both the young people in this room, the young people listening, whether you're related to me or not, because I don't want my grandkids to think I'm just preaching at them. I'm not. This is, hallelujah, this is for everybody. But specifically my young people because you don't have enough history behind you to really figure out every lie that they're saying to you. When they're changing history. See, they're waiting for old people like me and Catherine to pass away because we can't speak to what really happened. Don't be mad at me, I included me. Are you hearing me? But my brothers and sisters, there's less and less of us and not only are there less and less of us, there are less of us who are willing to engage. I'm not saying that you should stand up, go down there to the courthouse and start talking politics and all this other stuff. No, not at all. But we should be willing to speak to the truth to the young people and all the people that are in our midst. When you start listening to the, all of those garbage outlets online, whether they agree with you or you want to agree with them or whatever when you believe everything that you read from this thing and from that thing you're foolish yes. you're foolish see I can write anything about myself and throw it online and yo know, gosh who, who, I'm an Italian model <laughs> no Do, uh, listen just trying to keep you interested. I'm not, I'm not, being, I, I'm not trying to, to minimize what God is speaking to us right now. But my, that's the kind of ridiculousness that is happening. And we're believing it. And because it's convenient, and because it, it doesn't cost us anything, or we may even gain something by it, what are we going to gain? Maybe we're going to get paid. Maybe we're going to get a bunch of likes. Or maybe that's it. We're just in it for the likes. Maybe we're, we're just going to have more friends. Well, really? Maybe, listen, that's our platform. We're into it because we're being glorified. We actually have people listen to us. We have a following now. You know what happens when the blind lead the blind? Everybody ends up in the ditch. My brothers and sisters, listen, when they want to tell me that I, I should feel a certain way because this group, and tell me that I should feel a certain way because that group, or they tell me that this group wants to do that, we got to, forget about that. Forget about that. If I'm going to live my life that way, forget about it. I'm, not, I'm never going to be experience this refreshing that God has for me. So I'm going to live by the grace of God. I'm going to walk out my, live my, uh, work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? Be submitted to God and allow Him to work in me both to will and to do His good pleasure. Amen? That's, that's what I want. I want it so bad because when that's happening, that means, listen, I've got His mind. I've got His attitude toward all these things. So when someone wants to tell me how, how uh, negative Terry is toward me or how negative Catherine is toward me because of her skin color, I can say, uh-uh. No way. Uh-uh. I know them. You don't. They're my brother. They're my sister. Catherine is actually my sister from another mother. My, but do you understand? Catherine's been with me for 20 years. About. She's like family. 
and they're going to tell me that there should, come here for a minute, come here, stand up, I've got to make you stand up. Are they, they're telling me that there should be enmity between her and me, just because my skin is darker than hers. <laughs> are, are, are you kidding me? Or that, you know, us older folks are, we don't have the knowledge or the technology, so, you know, you don't have to believe us anymore because we're left. Come on. That's what they're teaching the kids. And because I happen to be a white male, I'm an oppressor. Am I saying something wrong? Why are you getting quiet? Is it uncomfortable? We got to deal with it. Why? Because they're in the church. No, my brothers and sisters, I'm not going to believe that because in this moment it might make me feel good. I might identify with some of my white brothers. Or I'm not going to. Or if I'm black, I'm yeah, it may, you know, I'm black and I'm proud and all that. Well, great, fine. You shouldn't be uh, in any way, uh, in any, in uh, no matter who you are, no matter what skin tone you have. No, it doesn't matter. No matter what gender you are. There's only two of them, by the way. No matter what gender you are, there shouldn't be, no matter what socioeconomic status that you have, you should, when you're in church, man, we're all the same. We're one body. In fact, when I say in the church, I don't mean in this building. We're all part of his body. So how in the world, my brothers and sisters, can they go ahead and marginalize me against you, you against me, put enmity between us, when, listen, just because it might make me help... How about this? I, I, I mean, it just seems like there's always an election now. It used to be every couple, every few years, you had to go through this gaga. Now it's from, from one election to the other, it just continues. It's continuous. Continuous. But I'm going to tell y'all something and you're going to get mad at me, but I don't care. Listen, when we vote for somebody who is willing to kill babies just because we're going to get ours, you got a problem. He's going to make it more convenient, or they're going to make it more convenient for me. I'm going to get my college tuition paid for. But that's the one that wants to kill babies. Yeah, but it's more convenient for me. Are you hearing me? Now, I know I've made you some, some of you mad and certainly some. I, I'm just telling you the truth. Think about that for a minute. Just think about that. They're trying to figure out how to make it easier to kill babies so that you can get that pill without a prescription. Really? Well, it's an inconvenience. Having a baby right now is just not convenient for me. Uh, I can't afford it. Well, you should have thought about that before you did the act. You should have thought about that. My, my brothers and sisters, and I know a lot of you are nodding and we're in agreement, but you know what? There's a, there's a couple of generations out there right now that don't believe that. They're not going to nod. To them, it's an accessory. A kid is an accessory. I don't know how I got it. Yes, I do. Because it's not about convenience and comfort. So we can't treat human beings like an accessory. We have to be responsible. Now, as Christians, we have to... We're, it's, it's just more incumbent upon us than anybody on the face of the earth. Why? Because we're supposed to know the truth. 
And we know what God says. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. My brothers and sisters, I'm just saying, what are we willing to do for comfort and convenience as born-again Christians? If we're not, Listen, Paul is saying suffer like me, but we're not even willing to suffer discomfort or inconvenience. Come on. So the truth is going to make... You can count on the truth most of the time being uncomfortable or costing you something. It costs Jesus everything. But see, oh, okay, Tony, see, that's why we don't have a lot of people in this church because your, te- your teaching is a negative thing. No, but my brothers and sisters, don't you understand? See, we're, you're, you're just looking at it from the standpoint of I may have to suffer some things in this life. Yeah, but he's not even, he's saying that you'll experience refreshing. He's saying that you will experience refreshing. So outside, maybe things are happening, but inside there's going to be something that no one can understand. Come on. You could be suffering greatly because I'm having to do without this. I'm having to do without that. The kids are acting as fool. I'm not, but man, get a hold of God and I'm not letting, I can't get off of this. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And we can't on the one hand wrestle with him all night and then during the day act a fool because it's less, uh, because it's more convenient and they're just, okay, I let go of God now, but I'm going to go, th- then I'm going to go, when I go back home, I'm going to grab hold of God again. You can't do that. Here's, here's I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Are you with me? Just, can I, just a few minutes more? I'm going to read to you Revelation. I'm going to read out of Revelation. I'm going to read about this, uh, this one church. Okay? I'm going to start, it's chapter 2, verse 19. And this is Thyatira. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. As for your works, the last are more than the first. You see what he's saying? You're doing better now than you used to. You're doing better now than you used to. Does that mean that maybe the amount, well, they were given X amount of dollars, but now they're given more? Not necessarily. Well, Heart of Worship Church, you were writing checks to everybody, but now you're writing checks, more checks, and you're feeding the homeless? No, not necessarily. No, more people are involved, more people's hearts are in it, we're doing it for the right reasons. Come on, do you understand that? That's what he's speaking about. See, you're not just trying to earn your way into heaven. Your heart is in the right place when you're doing these things. Are you with me? Okay, I want to make sure we got that, okay? Verse 20, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual morality and she did not repent. You see, now brothers and sisters, now Jezebel in the Old Testament, we know that was the, uh, the wicked queen of the wicked king Ahab. She was terrible. She brought in idol worship. Um, and she was totally against the God of, uh, you know, the true and living God. But this, this, this person may be an actual, uh, not just the spirit of Jezebel, but this person may have been named Jezebel. But when I read this, and, and what she's saying, what, what the scripture's teaching us here is, she was a prophetess. That was, she, was, she was claiming to speak divinely. Now, those of us who have been studying 1 Corinthians together, we know what that means. You know, she's speaking as an oracle of God. She's speaking, and now she's speaking a false doctrine. 
This is what they're saying. She's speaking a false doctrine. And part of her false doctrine says that it's okay, sexual immorality is okay, that kind of thing, and idol worship is okay. Now let me just say something to you. <clears throat> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being very genuine with you, and, and please hear my heart. Uh, I listened to a, a pastor here recently. Just I flip around and try to keep up with what's going on. But I listened to a pastor who has huge congregation, huge ministry, huge ministry. I'm not going to name names. Huge ministry. And um, during a service, he was... He's, out, he's obviously of a denomination that believes once you're saved, you're always saved. So he literally said, and tried and try to back it up with Scripture by using Scripture a little bit out of context, that, you know, basically God loves you and he's never going to stop loving you and, you and nothing can block you from his hand. So that when, you know, if you go out there and you sin, Jesus already paid for that sin, so when you go out there and sin, when he sees you, he sees the righteousness of Christ. That's what he said. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, everything I just told you may not be verbatim, but that is, a, that is the gist of what he said. So I'm sitting there and I'm saying, okay, in order for that to be real, you have to uh, cut out some parts of this Bible. Right? Okay, so we know that that's true. There is the Apostle James. He said, and then one of the things he says, it, it's regardless of your works. Regardless of your works. That was his big thing. You know, it's not Jesus' blood and your works. No, it's Jesus' blood that allows me the works. Because the, in the book of James, it says it very plainly, and I'm not going to repeat it because you guys know it. But that's when I, when I see this, my brothers and sisters, and then I see what's going on in these big popular churches, and I'm thinking, okay, they're allowing for sin in the congregation. No. No. God has called us with a holy calling. Isn't that what we just read? God has called us to something different. God has called us out of that. And it's going to be inconvenient. And this is the truth maybe you don't want to hear. So let's go ahead and listen to something else where it's a little bit softer. Where, you know, oh yeah, God knows you're going to make a mistake and that's okay because the blood of Jesus has cleansed you. No. See, my brothers and sisters, no. Yes, do we miss the mark? Yes, we miss the mark. But that's the exception and not the rule. My brothers and sisters, then in that same message, this person then was having leading up to um, communion. And he used the scripture uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And many of us are familiar with that. And he talked about, he told them to make sure that they got right with God before they took communion. Why? Why? If it doesn't matter, if your sin doesn't matter, then why? Well, that's because you're getting brazen and bold about it. Well, let me ask you something then. How, if that's brazen and bold, then how is someone like me getting into a pulpit and saying, it doesn't matter what you do, the blood of Jesus got you covered, and God understands and He loves you, and you know, when you, it doesn't matter when you sin, He sees uh, the righteousness of Christ. Is that not bold and blatant? Am I not giving them... Am I, if I got up in here, isn't that giving you the license to sin? Okay, this is what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters. How can we do this? How can we do this? And then we wonder why there's no power in the church. Because we don't have the sound mind. We have to have this mind of Christ. Have this attitude of Christ all about it. Verse 22. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into a great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. Now, when he says commits adultery with her, that doesn't mean the physical act of her. That means committing adultery... Uh, following this false doctrine. That's what that means. 
Are, are you with me? Verse 23, I will kill her and her children to, with death. Now, when he's saying this, he's not talking about whatever offspring she has. He's talking about all of those who follow the false doctrine. So my brothers and sisters, if it doesn't matter, then what is God talking about here? What, did God suddenly you know, lose his mind? God forbid. God forbid. Do you see what he's saying? I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Hallelujah. I will give each one of you according to your works. It's not about works, Pastor. I might want to rethink that. You show me your faith without works, I'll show you my faith by my works. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Very simple, right? So my brothers and sisters, so, so I, want, I want you to leave out of here feeling good. So should I give you some sunshine and lollipops now? Should I, what, what should I do? I want, you to, I want you to leave out of here feeling good. I've got more, but uh, listen. Isn't this so good that our God, I, I, I don't know about you, but I got some things wrong this week. So God is ministering to me about some of those little breaches that I've allowed. How about you? Anybody in this room? Okay, so now I'm going to ask you, as your brother, your older brother in the Lord, as your brother, as your pastor, would you come up here and pray with me? Come on, anybody who you know God has ministered, this was for you. You know. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. 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 Listen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Case and Tony, if that's you, we don't need you there. I'm not trying to call you out, so I'm just saying, if, the, if you know that God is ministering to your heart, Hallelujah. 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 This is hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that if you're here, you know exactly why you're here. So we come before you now, Lord. giving you thanks and praise. Lord, thank you for caring enough about us to deliver a message that makes us feel uncomfortable. Father, thank you for revealing your truth to us, shining a light on those things that are unpleasing to you. Lord, I ask that you would forgive us for doing those things simply because they make us feel good. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us for compromising in situations because it would have been inconvenient or it would have caused us discomfort. Lord, I pray that you would minister to our hearts. And in the weaknesses that we have in those areas, Lord, you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and anoint us, Lord, and touch us fresh and new. Father, let us be so sensitive in those areas. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would, that you would not let us go.
that you would grab hold of our hearts in the middle of those situations and remind us of your word right now, right here. Lord, let us feel the intensity of your love and of your care and everything that you are and your power in that moment that we will resist or we, Father, will engage. So, Father, and again, forgive us for not just commission, but omission. Yes, yes. So, Lord, in those situations where we should have stepped in, but we were shy, Father, help us, give us wisdom so that we will know what to say, when to say it, when to step in, how to step in. Lord, forgive us because in those areas that we've compromised, we did it because you know, we wanted... We didn't want to hurt our income. We didn't want to hurt our prosperity in any way. But Lord, help us to remember in those moments that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are our God who provides. So Lord, even in those moments where we think it would cost us, we know that you are more than able to replace any multiple times over. So help us, Lord, in each and every situation. Help us to be holy because you are holy. Help us, Lord, to be righteous and help us, Father, to live righteously by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you all. And I'm so happy, happy that each of you were, listen, honest enough and courageous enough and bold enough to pray together with us. Amen? Amen. 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 Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace. Now. If you, if you want to counsel or if you want to talk or something you want, let's do some more. If you need further prayer, I'm ready. All right? All right. God bless you. Go in peace. Have a great week.